the focus that so many people have after a loss is this. I don't know who I am anymore. Who was I? And who am I now? Well, the focus of this lesson is called finding my new identity. And we're going to deal with the fact of who you are as an individual after your loved one has passed. You know, being in the ministry as a woman in my own personal life, I carried several titles. I was the pastor's wife. I was a missionary's wife, evangelist's wife. I've been a teacher's wife. I've been traveling uh, evangelist wife. I always had the terminology wife behind my name on everything I did. And uh, But whatever branch of ministry that we served in together, I was always the minister's wife. And But you know what? Even as a minister's wife, the terms that get put on your life, the labels that are used, you be, you tend to just, that's who you are called. And so that's who you become. Not necessarily based on your own giftings or your own talents, but it's it's a title that's put on your life. And you tend to just be that when you're in that space of time. But whatever ministry that people serve in, be it in the local congregation, I'm the Sunday school teacher, I'm the children's church director, I'm the choir leader, I am uh, various, I'm, you know, all kinds, I'm the secretary at church. Those are just titles of duties that we perform, but they do not necessarily define who you are as a person. But when you give yourself to a title like that, you pay a price too when your loved one departs and goes home. But you stood right beside them. If it was a loved one that was a mate, every sacrifice that was made in the ministry, you made it too. You stood there and you took it and you worked long hours and hard hours and your identity became being the helpmeet while representing the clergy. And it was our burden or mine to carry right alongside him and help him carry the load of ministry. And those who live beside their loved ones, supporting them in their work, they work side by side, carrying out the same vision that God may have put inside your mate internally. Long hours, sacrifices made, putting others ahead of yourself was often the norm in my life for both of us doing the work among humanity. And for many other fields of professional work, dealing with human needs, one's own identity is just as invisible as the example I'm making about a minister's wife who's suffering in the actual area of widowhood. But that loss applies to all sorts of losses. That identity crisis can apply. I'm not a mother anymore because my child is gone. I may not be an aunt anymore because my nephew's gone. It could be a a variety of titles that we carried with pride and now cannot. But life has changed now since our loved ones have passed away. And all of us face a complex future that has a different identity in it. One must find a footing anew in a completely different world. This adjustment takes time and cannot be defined by the opinions of others. Many feel like they are no longer seen because of the role of the missing one is now gone. 
no longer handling the responsibilities that one has been trained for in life. He or she feels no connection or plans to be fulfilled now. It feels so awkward. Who am I? This past Sunday, I was in service and a sweet lady came up to me and said, I just know God's got a man for you. And I'm thinking, well, what's wrong with me as I am right now? Is something wrong with me being me? Do I have to have a man before I can be seen? Am I just an invisible shadow until you have a man? Uh, No, thank you. No, thank you. And so I was careful to tell her, hey, I already have an identity. I already know what I'm supposed to do in Christ. And I appreciate your concern. But if you're going to pray for me, pray for the children I serve around the world. Pray for the women and those that have lost loved ones that I'm serving. Pray for these different areas. Don't pray for somebody to enter my life because you think I need an identity. (laughs) She just said, oh, (laughs) I'm sure that was not what she was expecting me to say. But nevertheless, life has changed for me and I have accepted some things that have taken place since my loved one has passed. I'm not handling the same responsibilities that I handled when my loved ones were alive, my parents, my nephew, my husband. I'm not handling the things that my mentor gave me to do from day to day. don't have any of that anymore. But what they taught me, I have picked up and I have learned to develop those things and use them fully every day. The glaring truth is that our identity is that of no longer being someone's spouse. And people don't see one as anybody anymore. Some people, when they suffer this kind of identification crisis, they run from this deep pain into private areas of grief to bury themselves away from active use for others. Some people try to hide from their pain by trying to numb it with physical activities that often bring a snare that can harm far worse in the end. Activities such as drinking alcohol or medicating, trying to numb the pain, or even some, it's that everyday retail shopping that can get you in trouble. Overspending, too much shopping, overeating, are just a few that can complicate our lives even worse while we're trying to figure out who am I by numbing our pain. Others lean into secondary relationships to try to find security and assurance. Often this proves to be a real mistake in time. And I have known people that have done such things only to later regret the hasty decisions that were made. Many suffering from loss often try new lifestyles, houses, clothing, places, people, different experiences, traveling, and the arts. And these are all areas one will explore when looking for a new identity. Somebody, please tell me who I am. (laughs) If you get your identification from someone else, my friend, it will be a mistake. Because God already gave you an identity. You just may need to take the time to uncover it. With the awkwardness and often insensitive remarks 
critiques and helps that people say they want to give you sometimes causes yet more pain in the mind and the heart. This too does not help the bereaved to carve out a new identification for oneself. So changing houses and locations and churches sometimes, ideas and looks and new beginnings, all can distract us short term, but still cannot redefine one's own psyche. All is different now. That which felt safe and how to perform well has been fulfilled and is done. Adjust, yes. But who are you to yourself now? One has to know who they are supposed to be to become that person and do so. I have to admit to you that churches are often at a loss in this area. What to do with the people of God that have suffered loss. It's uncommon for church leadership and church families to know how to respond to death correctly or how the remaining one might continue on in a different skill set among them. This certainly is a true and genuine need in the body of Christ today. Lifelong leadership experiences have been honed to effective skills, yet the enormity of this change has caused their entire world to shift upside down. And a lifetime of looking after others often did not allow much time for the bereaved to look after themselves. He or she is looking for a new self, but only has the former world to figure all of this out with. And often one does not know how to rest or take the time to explore what is next. This is a common issue. And one heard from many others searching for comfort. I hear it all the time. My church has no support. I don't know where to go to find ease and help. This is why I believe the Lord put Grief Guide Ministries together. Because there is such a gap in churches across the world. There is one other way to handle this dilemma of not knowing who you are these days. And it is the unfolding of the secret place known from the years of service that will lead one day by day back to who is known best, the Lord. All of the advice of well-meaning but incorrect friends cannot give their assurance nor open the amazing future that can await. Many only start relaying their own experiences with loss. Thus, the person in fresh loss feels discounted and their fresh grief ignored. This is not how the Lord would have them directed. He knows what he wants to see happen in life next for each one. God knows his faithful child and the many silent sacrifices over the years. And it is he that has a future in mind for them, even when the loved one is gone. A unique identity that is specifically and specially designed to be fulfilled ahead. Life is not over 
just the assignment of your loved one is completed. Serving beside their spouse till death came and parted them for those that were married. For those that suffered other sorts of loved ones in their family that had departed. Their assignment in life was done and the father said, bring them home. If our identity has been wrapped up in our relationship with them, we can find ourselves in trouble. Yet in this finished work, one's own future will open into new areas of promise and blessing. We must only hide deeply in the Lord until he reveals it. For you are his and he knows the plans he has for you. The first place a survivor who is looking for their new identity must go is to the word of God. Isaiah 40 verse 29 says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. I love that verse. He gives power to the faint. You're feeling faint? You're feeling like you don't have any might. You don't have any ID anymore. He increases strength, it says. The Lord has promised to give strength and power to those who come to him. He's the one who's holding the new identity and is ready for his own child to discover the next chapter in life in him. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Many people can sing this verse or say it, but they may not quite understand the depth of meaning that is here. And the verse says this, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What that verse says to me is it gives me three promises. First of all, it says that their strength will be renewed. To me, that means fresh stamina will come when I wait on the Lord. When I spend time with him, fresh anointed stamina will come to me. I get strong again. My emotions get strong again. My mind gets strong again. He renews my strength. And the second one says, You will run and not grow weary. What would that mean? To me, the gala, that means that the Lord's going to help me to quickly move into new arenas in my life. I'm going to run and not be weary. There's more things he has for me to do. And he's going to give me that new beginning. Quickly, it's going to happen. Change overnight is going to take place. I'm not going to be exhausted. It's just going to be this fuel that just comes. And I am living proof that that has happened to me many times when I have waited on the Lord. When I get up for my prayer time, I got such a fire in me. I can't wait to get started. Because I've learned to run and not get weary. And the last one is I will walk and not faint. That means I will go through life day by day walking and I won't quit. I'll have the peace and the energy and the faithfulness and the ability to just keep going, walking day by day and not faint. 
Why do these things come about? Because when you spend time with the Lord, he's the one who begins to imprint on you a new identification of who you are in him. When it's all said and done, that's the ID that's actually going to matter. God has a sure plan for his creation that's tailor-made just for you. But the way you will be developed into a new purpose will be only for this reason. Because you have spent time waiting upon the Lord. That's how you're going to find that strength, that purpose, running, not getting weary, walking and not fainting. That's how you're going to do that. You're going to renew yourself in him. He will surprise his own with joys never known before. A new identity will open up as God reveals his hand to show the perfect plan for you ahead. The identification remains as his child and he still knows your name. On this call tonight is a dear lady who could have never dreamed how God was going to use her after the loss of her daughter, all these years later. How surprising that was going to be. Oh, my goodness. That new identification was coming because of the depth of her suffering, the depth of her loss, has now been birthed into something that is amazing, watching it unfold. Take heart, servant of the Lord. Nothing has changed in who you are. Your destiny is still unfolding, no matter the life changes you have been through. Your identity is secure in Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you 10 ways to help unlock the doors to your future and who you really are already and has not changed. But they may be developed in a greater way than you ever dreamed possible. But the 10 ways you might want to write these down that can help you begin to search out, who am I? The first one is this. You're going to want to chart your spiritual life from your earliest remembrance when you first felt the Lord come to you. Take your time and carefully record the spiritual experiences that have happened over your lifetime. Start from your earliest possible personal memory of God. Write it year by year if possible, but certainly event by event as he touched your life. From the beginning all the way up to the present, write it all down. The details to that charting your personal life is found in the book Beyond the First Year. I forget what chapter it is, but it's early in the book, and it will lead you step by step how to do this. It may take some time looking through past journals that you're searching out, looking for those hints of your early beginning memories of God or pictures that come to you and remind you again, oh yes, my Aunt Shirley, she's the one who taught me to sing Amazing Grace, whatever it is. It can come through you, come to you through songs that you've sang as a child, that you felt the touch of the Lord when you sang it. All of those are past keys to your walk with the Lord. And once this chart is done, this clearly shows 
the hand of God on your life. It's a valuable record of your own walk with God. This will not be your late loved one's record. No, this is your record about you. It will help strengthen your heart that God is watching over you personally, step by step. That's the first one. You're looking for your identification, who you are? Chart that one first. You'll begin to uncover clues about your own ID. Number two, I recommend that you track a book of the Bible and focus on the verses that stand out to you for one month. Find the scriptures in a particular book that have meant so much to you down through the years. Handwrite your name in each one on pretty notes that you have at your house. Find pretty note paper. Use it. Make it attractive to you. Post it everywhere for your own eyes to see. Focus on memorizing one or two and quote them often to yourself through the day. I'm looking for my identification. And verses will stand out and show you who you are in Jesus Christ when we take the time to search them out. When insecurity hits, and it does from time to time, say these verses out loud to yourself. Let your ears hear your voice say them. You are not alone, but your future will include God's promises for you as you practice reciting them. It will build up your faith and trust that God is leading you step by step. And your ears will hear what you're saying and it will begin to grow in your heart creating a new identity from the word of God from within. My first identification is this. Gayla Joyce is the daughter of the King of Kings. That's my first identification. And I have proof of that in the word of God. I have proof of it. And I know it. That brings me a comfort when the days of insecurity have hit many times. I know who I am. I'm a daughter of the King of Kings. That's my first and foremost and permanent ID. Number three, do this. Write a long letter of encouragement to your future self. Don't wait for positive affirmations from other people, but rather encourage yourself in the Lord. You know, so many times on social media, I see people that are writing things and posting things. And and I think, oh, my goodness, they're really looking for affirmation. That's what they're needing. They're needing someone to say, you did a good job. That's good. Great job. Yay. Let's go. All kinds of emojis are posted because people are actually looking. They're searching because they don't they don't have a security in who they are. That's a very real need in the world around us. But when you find out who you are and you are secure in who God made you to be, you can provide an encouragement to other people that don't know who they are yet. 
You know what you need to hear. So instead of waiting on other people to give it to you, why don't you give it to yourself? Write a long letter of affirmation to yourself using what God has already given you, the verses he's already given you. Write statements of positive growth. Your bucket list, maybe, places you determine you're going to go. What dreams you may have had in the past that would be fun to do someday. Well, your someday is here, maybe. Trauma dismisses our ability to thrive. So do not ignore your feelings. Rather, face them and write to yourself about acceptance and growing. Now, we're dealing with writing encouragement to yourself. I'm, I brought a couple things tonight because I want to show you. And those of you that are listening on the podcast, while you can't see this, I'll try to describe it to you. I have several notebooks that are the history of my family. In particular about these historical records is my curiosity about the women in my family, the history of the women that I come from. I come from strong seed, strong stock, not perfect people, but strong, who went through all kinds of difficult situations. I have their stories here and pictures here. A family, a family genealogy has been done in our family. And I have pulled this out many times and looked at these clans of people. This was my grandpa right here. See him? He was innovative. He was creative. He dreamed up all kinds of things. He wrote stuff. He cooked stuff. He designed things. He was very funny. Loved life. Had a sense of humor. Well, you know what? I got some of those genes. I'm not talking about my person that I miss. I'm talking about Gala. Who is Gala? Who are you? What is your family history? He's gone on to glory now, for sure. But I'm his granddaughter. So what did he leave behind that I could pick up and say, I got that gift. I need to develop that gift. I need to pay attention to that gift. I need to work on it, learn about it, make it my own, make it part of who I am. All sorts of people in this. Their stories are here. Their pictures are here. It's an amazing uh, genealogy for me. I have it for this side of the family. And I have it for this side of the family. Now, when I talk to you about getting serious about who you are and your identification, you know what? You can do all this. You can take the time to develop your genealogy and figure out who on earth did I come from? Who were these people? I have their stories. I treasure these things. They're amazing to me. What they did was incredible. We have a war hero in our family. He was brave. He was strong. He was not scared of nothing. He'd step out and do things. You know what? I got those genes. How come I don't claim those for mine? You can. You have the identification power in yourself. It's a matter of focus, isn't it? It's a matter of learning. Okay, yeah, that's who I am. Uh-huh, I'm going to figure out. Okay, we had coal miners in my family. I'm going to figure out how they did things and how they became wealthy by using their giftings. They weren't afraid of hard work. Now I'm preaching, I know. <laughs> anyway, 
incredible. This is, look at this picture. I'll just show you this one. Now you can't see this on uh, podcast, of course, but this is a picture of where a church was began that my, both sides of my family planted churches. Okay. Look at this. Can you see that? It's a picture of a thrift store. That's where a church was started. Do you know who managed five thrift stores in their life? Gayla Joyce did. When I discovered that picture, I thought, oh, my goodness. The DNA in me is coming from my history, my ancestors. They must have been shouting in glory when I said, you know what? I can manage this story. I'll take this little shop over and I'll make it produce money for God's work. We'll build a church out of this. And we did five stores later. Now to me, am I, should I be worried about my identification? Should I be wondering who I am anymore? Not really. Not really. It's a matter of knowing who you are. Where'd you come from? Search out your family lines. Who'd you come from? You didn't just appear out here from nowhere. You got gifts and talents handed down to you. Makes sense, huh? That's number three. Number four. I like to say it like this. What you put in will be what you get out. When a wave of grief floods the heart and mind, turn worship music on. And pour out the grief to the Lord. That bewilderment that you have, that unknown, that fearfulness, the insecurity will leave when the strength of the Lord starts pouring in. It will leave. Your strength will increase and the wave will decrease and healing will start. You may consider having music playing all the time for a while to help the silence. But in time, your identity will begin to heal and grow into fresh strength. Worship is restorative and brings fresh hope and vision to the heart and the mind. That's number four. Figure out who you are. Turn worship on. Let the anointing of the Lord begin to wash over you. You'd be surprised what starts happening internally. Number five. Study your natural talents you may have had to give up on in the past to tend to the many needs of your home or your work or your ministry or your sick family members. Turn your attention back to those natural talents that you had. A blessing is awaiting in the rediscovery of those God-given gifts that you have. Take personal time to explore this buried treasure. And see where God leads you. Look into YouTube channels. You're curious about something. Go check it out. It may spark a memory of something. And you may say, I didn't even know I could do that. But you can. Because the giftedness is there. Research podcasts about subjects you're interested in. Listen to the GGM podcast channel, Growing the Leader Within. For encouragement often. Reimagine what you did in school that you enjoyed doing. Chances are you may still enjoy those types of things to do. 
A new identity can mean retooling of an old idea that you loved at one time in life. Number six, make yourself a playroom. Say, why on earth would I need something, some place to play? Because until your mind can be at rest and just chilled, you may not know what could actually surface. Make a playroom and fill it with just things you love. And start a new area of thought for your life that can come to the surface. A specific space affects the mind and will help to affirm that there are new, enjoyable adventures that lie ahead for you. This could be a paint corner, a sewing nook, a tool shed, a reading corner, a new sport to explore, a puzzle table, a scrapbooking or an arts and craft area that remains your own private space. This is the play area that you don't focus on your loss, but you only focus on your talent inside just for you. Your new identity is about you and your interests now. Your creativity will open up your imagination to see a facet of who you are. You may never have had a chance or the time or the ability or the finances to even look into yourself and see what could I be good at doing that I never got a chance to explore. You might be surprised what happens when you create yourself that kind of a space. Number seven, if you're going to find your new identity, this is something to be done. Guard yourself from unwise positions that cause stressful conversations or activities with well-meaning but ill-advised people. This includes negative people, unhealthy books, unhealthy radio stations, unhealthy podcasts, stressful videos and movies. Unwise materials in your life do not uncover a new identity. It's God who's directing you into a new future, and he does not live in darkness. There can be less personal pain by guarding your heart well and keep yourself from tripping over the unnecessary while searching for the important. They may all offer advice but it may not be for your own best interest. Sometimes you've got to clear the deck and say, okay, everybody back up, back up, back up. I'm going to need to figure this out for myself. I'm going to need to learn who am I. And it's not going to be the definition of some other human being. Number eight. I brought you something else to show you with this one. Number eight is start a comfort book for yourself. This is a three-ring notebook that is created by you and for you alone. Every time you read something interesting that stands out to you, start collecting them. Articles, notes of encouragement from others, ideas you would like to try someday. Maybe it's a vision board, various colors and different thought processes that stand out. These all will serve to bring to the mind areas of development that may have been buried in you. When you have it filled, go back and see what messages the Lord may have been giving to you in your own heart. Now I want to show you. This is a three ring notebook that I wrote years and years ago 
when we went through a terrible loss in our life. It's called the encouragement book. It's my book of comfort I wrote for me. Now, I didn't actually write, write these things. I gathered these things, many of them. And so when I opened this now, this is an amazing book to me. I thoroughly enjoy it. And it's always an encouragement to me. But when I'm thinking about my identification, who I am, there's all kinds of things in here. There's little papers. There's little note things. There's sticky papers here. There's a bookmark. It says we all need a little comfort now and then. A reminder to help us know we're not alone in the world. That there's someone in our corner ready with the hug no matter what. Always know you're being thought of, cheered on, and loved for exactly who you are. Someone who is beautiful and wonderfully made. I kept this in my little comfort book. And this is a little handwritten note that I wrote. And I said, I don't know when I wrote this, but I said, I cannot control how I am perceived, but I can only control how I am presented. Little statement to myself. I don't remember what caused me to write that, but it was an encouragement at the time and it's still good and still true. <laughs> so I wrote this, the book of encouragement, what to do when you're under stress by Gayla Hawley. And I wrote myself a whole little letter right here. There's words in here from the Lord where he and I had conversations and I wrote down what he said to me. I have handy little charts in here, the God's positive answers for me. I put this in here. Do you want to know who you are in Christ? Then insert your name into the block below. You see this? Now, those of you that are listening, I have an entire list of scriptures that says, the first one, Gala is able, Philippians 4.13. Gala is abounding in grace, 2 Corinthians 9.8. Gala is abounding in hope, Romans 15, 4, and 13. Gala is Abraham's offspring, Galatians 3 and 29. And I'm telling you, it goes on. I have one page, two pages, three pages, four pages, five pages, six pages. And the last one in this whole list right here, see this last page right here? It's in little tiny print. It says, Gala is heaven bound, guaranteed. First Peter 1 and 4. Now, who would not be encouraged by going back and reading all those verses again <laughs> and say, I know who I am in Jesus Christ. And that's not based on another human being. It's based on what God was doing for me and in me and through me and for me. There's little notes in here that people wrote to me. I've got little prayer things in here. This is handwritten letters that people wrote to me. Encouragements. You talk about a blessing. This little book is a blessing. I put pictures in here. I got pictures in here. Other preachers' wives. You see those? That's me. I think I was probably 40 years old in that picture. Whoops. Anyway, you get the point. It's all sorts of things that have been a great a source of encouragement to myself. I've learned to encourage myself in the Lord and then hang on to that encouragement so that it will always be a well for me to draw from. All kinds of things are in here. It's so much I, I can't even begin to explain all of it, but it's really, really good. And you can create your own book of comfort, but just starting, just start. Say, well, I'm in the, in the midst of loss. That's how I started this book, in my loss. I decided I can't bear it anymore. I'm going to try my best to let the Lord begin to minister to me. 
And he did. 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 And he still is. Amazing. Create your own book of comfort. You want to know who you are? Start your own book of comfort and watch how God begins to deliver you and talk to you and walk you through the darkest places of your life. That was, let me see, what number was that? That was number eight. Number nine, watch for community volunteer activities that might be a new area you have never explored before. The unexpected joys that can be discovered opens the door of surprising opportunity ahead. You can uncover a new world and with that, a new identity for the future. Be brave and just try. Your new identity will be about your current giftings and not something from the past that your people knew you were as. No, something in the future. Number 10. Ministry options may remain, but God may surprisingly use your skills to help in an area that there are no hands available to work in. Start watching for gaps in your local church departments that could use extra hands. When it's God, he opens the right door at the right time for you, just you. Dr. Stephen Byers said, who am I? What really defines my existence? I want that to be based on something that can never be lost. And I say amen to that. Me too. There's a new beginning, but to get there takes time, focus, and an open heart. All is not lost for you. God knows the plans he has for you. Your new identification will not come from who you were in the past, but it will be a new creation made by the Father for just you, for now. The past is behind you and lies within your heart, but the future is in your hands to unfold in a new direction and an assignment from the Lord. He awaits our forward motions into his plan. We all know this. We can't face forward when we're facing the past. These areas will bring a renewed sense of purpose and hope to the one who looks for the window to the future. Brian Feeler said, and I close with this, transition is a vital period of adjustment, creativity, and rebirth that helps one find meaning after a major life disruption. It's not over, my friend. Not at all. The chapter has changed. The page has turned but there's a new and a surprising twist to the drama of your life that's going to be good. Who you are is based off of God, who God made you to be in the very beginning. They've kept hidden all this time because it wasn't time for it. But now it's time. Now it's time. So many women in scripture had identification problems. So many. Suffered so so many losses. Hannah suffered loss. Sarah, Rebecca, Esther, Mary, the list goes on and on. Ruth, oh my goodness, so many losses. But what they did with their lives in the end, I'm determined that we too shall overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So yeah, you already have a new identification. It's just waiting on you 
to watch it unfold and see how God's going to develop you. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for this lesson. I know, Lord, that you do have a new identification for each one under the sound of my voice on this lesson. That you have gifts and surprises and unbelievable miracles coming headed our way. I thank you, Lord, that we are open and receptive and we're watching and we're watchful and we're looking for those new beginnings. And we're excited to face the future holding your hand, Lord, for you want to bring us to an expected end with all the surprises that you have planned for us in the future. Bless each lady tonight, Father, with a new identification and a new zeal in her heart and her life to finish strong in her own life. I thank you for the victory in the name of Jesus. Amen.